Banker Commercial Worldwide Podcast. My name is Christina Ballas, the National Director of Strategic Implementation for CBC, and I'll be your host. With us today is Deborah Shames, communication and presentation trainer, keynote speaker, author, and CEO of Eloquy, where they partner with clients to identify and develop their own voice and style with a focus on business communication. The Eloquy method is tailored to address the needs of the C-suite, partners, new hires, or associates. Deborah uses her experience directing over 60 award-winning films to make her business clients more genuine, effective, and successful. It doesn't matter whether they're delivering a keynote address, speaking to a board of directors, or pitching for new business. That's why she co-wrote three books on communication and public speaking, including the business bestseller, Own the Room. And because Deborah ran a successful film company in Salsalita, California for 14 years, she knows how difficult it is for women to stand out and succeed. Her latest book she wrote is Out Front, How Women Can Become Engaging, Memorable, and Fearless Speakers. She walks the walk by speaking regularly across the country to motivate and inspire professional women, including me. Deborah has coached and trained thousands of professionals from all industries to communicate more effectively. And I am so excited to catch up with her today. Welcome, Deb. So great to talk with you again. I wish everybody had your energy. You could fuel a country. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, this conversation energizes me. I'm so excited to kick off and just help our listeners become Um, the best version of communicators that they can be through some of your great tips that we'll get to. But before that, I wanted to talk about you and your company and Eloquy and what brought you to even having a company like Eloquy. Well, after directing about 60 award-winning, as you said, films and videos, what I realized is that the techniques from the entertainment industry that I'd learned over the years were so valuable for professionals. And so everything from managing anxiety, taking on a role, uh, putting your attention on the audience, these are things that people in business need. And because when you're in business, you think it's your job to educate, I really have worked for years to change that focus to how to be more persuasive as opposed to educational. So uh, for the listeners to know, I went through the Eloquay two-day training, communication training. I highly recommend it for anybody that really wants to take their communication to the next level. For me, I wanted to get better um, at communicating on stage, but certainly there were all different sorts of people in my group um, with you. But what you said about being persuasive, one thing I took away that I keep um, in mind is what is your intention about what you want to communicate? So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Why is intentionality so important there? Well, let's go back to the film and television industry for a moment. Most people don't know that every scene is shot out of order. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have an intention of what your character wants, where it's going to fit into the finished product. And the only way to do that effectively is knowing what your intention is or what you want to achieve every time you speak. For professionals, it is how to have an achievable intention, how to persuade and not educate, how to really, my favorite, never say your intention out loud because that's telling people what to do. 
But if you're solid in terms of what you want to achieve and you keep that in the back of your mind, like I want to persuade you that our services are critical to your business or I want to partner with you, then you walk into any situation, virtual or live, knowing how to how to succeed and how to achieve your intention. That's so interesting thinking about film and how it's shot in different orders. I mean, I guess I kind of know that as you watch the Oscars and learn about editing, but I never really thought about that deeply. Um, I suppose so part of the training that I went through also was talking about structure and how if you have a good structural base, you can kind of flow with your points better. And that feels like very much what you're saying about film. Okay, there's two things about structure. One, most people have more information than they ever can convey. And Mm -hmm. so they put off speaking or they try to educate you by speaking ad nauseum and way too long. But once you have an intention, which is the first thing to think about whenever you structure a presentation, then everything fits underneath intention. What role do you have? Meaning seasoned veteran, facilitator, visionary. How do you how will you open? Uh, What are you? What are you going to put in the three buckets in the main part of your presentation and how will you close? But without structure, you can wander all over the place or you can make it too long or you can make it not so much about the audience, but possibly proving how smart you are. Mm. Um, Thinking about how do I educate them? So it's a big shift. And I like to say everything you learned about public speaking is wrong. (laughs) And you learn that in the workshop. So the first thing is identify your intention before you do any communication or presentation. And that will change everything. We call it an editing device. It will make you laser focused. That's great. So thinking about the commercial real estate professionals space and so they're pitching a deal. How do I translate? Yes. So a lot of what I learned is more, or what I focused on, I should say, was about me doing a talk on a stage, for example, not the same as an intimate pitch. How would you kind of translate that when when you're not thinking, can you structure one-on-one conversations like that? That's a great question. You can't structure it as formally as on a stage. However, the people who are most successful in sales lead their life intentionally. Mm. Always. They know, for example, that an intention when they go in to meet with a potential client could be, I will get a second meeting. I'll qualify to see if the fit's right, as opposed to, I will land this business. You may not want that business. The fit may not be right. And so even here, intention is everything. And for some of us, I have led my life intentionally. Years ago, people said, oh, you can't start this business. Oh, you can't charge that much. Oh, you are, name it. And yet, with intention, I listen very carefully. I make every presentation about my audience or client. I structure whatever I'm I'm presenting to their needs. And I don't make it about me or eloquent. You see, people without an intention go in there and they will say, all right, let me tell you why Caldwell Banker is the best fit. Let me tell you the history of our company. All these things that a potential client doesn't care about. Mm -hmm. But an intention says, I will put my full focus on what your needs are 
I'll start there and I'll only answer questions about my company if you're interested down the road. That is so poignant. It's interesting. So I just got back from our big conference, um, our global conference uh, we have at the end of March. And some of our top producers were with us. And I was asking them, you know, what, you know, give me an example of what sets you apart. Why, why are you so great at what you do? And a lot of times it was really listening to the client's needs was what they felt made them stand out. And I thought that's so interesting. It's not what they offer. It's what they're listening to. Yes, yes. And when you put your full attention on a client and you think about how can I give them the resources that they need? How can they see me as a true partner, as a trusted advisor? You're not selling. You're forming a relationship. That is essential, Christina. Selling doesn't work. It's an old-fashioned concept. But Mm. being a good partner, like once you've done our workshop, any training, we say you can call on us for no charge. And that kind of value add sets us apart. And I love that because I don't want just a mo blow and go. Come in, (laughs) fix it, give give you skills and techniques, and then leave. Yeah. So. That's when it doesn't surprise me that your top producers are great listeners. They draw out the client and they only in fact, the best thing you can say is, I don't think we're the best fit. Let me learn more about you to see what you need, how we can collaborate together. That's a great point, because a lot of our top producers also do refer the business out to other um, partners right. throughout our network that you know may, may specialize in a certain vertical different than what they do. And they're not afraid to, to refer out the business to the best you know, need to fulfill their clients' best needs. And I always found that interesting that those that are most successful often will refer the business if it's not their main focus. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we've been in business for 20 years. We have never advertised. All of our work comes from word of mouth referrals. Someone's done a workshop or a training, they change companies, they have a new team, and so they reach out to us. I'm very proud of that. It means I'm serving company and individual needs. There's nothing better. How incredible that for you to not advertise, which you probably would crush it in creating an advertisement, (laughs) being that you were an expert in the film industry. So that's actually really amazing. You really had to have restraint, I'm assuming, to not, because I'm sure you could have fun with some sort of advertising campaign. (laughs) That's so funny you say that. Um, Coming from the film and television industry, that gave us a great background. However, if we advertised and we became much bigger, you know, Christina, all of our classes and trainings are 10 and under. Yeah. We couldn't serve people. Our competitor will put 30 people in a room, charge four times what we charge, and it's all about them. Yeah. Because how could I have drawn out your voice and giving you specific tools if there were 20 people in the room as opposed to eight? Yeah, what's fun too is that I keep in touch with some of the folks that were in you my did? class. I do. I love that. <laughs> it's I love very that. Sweet. Well, we cheer each other on. And yeah. we're all hungry for human companionship. And so by bringing people together in person, that's the thing that happens. Everybody's vulnerable, everybody opens up because you can't hide anything when we give you those exercises. So it really doesn't surprise me that you stayed in touch. 
Yeah, for sure. I, so when you're talking about being vulnerable, actually, I'll I'll share with the audience. You know, when I uh, I was recently on stage at our global conference, and I decided to be vulnerable. And part of my opener was talking about my family's history and how they came to this country, and you know that sort of thing. And um, it was the first time I ever had the courage to talk about that in forget forget like in a in a personal setting, but in a business setting and on a yes. stage. And I will say that um, the training Wait, that I had. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I'll bet people came up to you and shared their oh. story. Yes, it was so fulfilling. And it, really, I had the courage to be my authentic self, and I did that so that I could connect with our network in a deeper way so that I could feel more, you know, so that everyone can feel more connected. That was the whole point of getting together really, right? But what a difference it made, it really did. I'm so glad you said that. I can't tell you how many times people have said to us, oh no, I can't talk about that. Oh no, I've never shared that. And until they do, they will never be as successful. And you found that out, you made a connection. We have all come from our own unique background. My family didn't move here like yours did, but let's say you're talking to a financial advisor and when they share that their family went through bankruptcy, which is why this individual went to school to become an advisor so his clients never go through what his parents went through, I immediately trust them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's some wonderful things. now. You always have to make whatever you share relevant to your audience. Yeah. And so that's part of structure. Yeah. And, you know, when you're asked to speak and you will be asked to speak more because the bar is so low for poor speakers, <laughs> then you'll have to change up your story yeah. and you'll have to dig deep. We like to say, Christina, your whole life is material. For sure. I um, it's it's interesting. While I was working out what I wanted to share to connect it to the to make it relevant to the content. I jotted down a lot of stories that I'm sure I will use at another time. You know, it just wasn't appropriate Great. for that time. You know? Yes. Yes. And the thing about stories, because you can take a success story in your business and with not much editing, have a different message and make that story relevant to a new audience. Yeah. So it's not like it's one and done. Yeah. But what works is when it's authentic to you. So if you have a new hire, teach them the Caldwell Banker stories. If you're in sales, teach them your company's sales history, and they'll say, oh, we's. we did this, we did that. However, when you had a role in it, it's not self-aggrandizing. It's essential to add an I statement. I acknowledge, I supervised, I was the contact person. Because that's how people know who you are and what you want from them. Absolutely. Well, talking about stories, tell me a little bit about the story of Eloquy besides coming from the film industry. Um, yes. I'm not sure if everyone knows who your business partner is. And I just um, thought it would be fun to talk about how you decided to jump feet first. Yes, I was a film director and producer for many years, did 60 yeah. mostly educational films, everything from training emergency medical dispatchers to teachers who teach math in school to how grandparents care for their abandoned grandchildren. I love that career, but it was really intense. And I found to have that kind of energy and stamina, I knew it was going to end soon. 
Then I met my partner, David Booth, who was an on-camera and corporate spokesman, as well as a theater actor and director. I mean, David's done amazing work in terms of lead roles at Berkeley Rep, um, uh, Oregon Shakespeare, Tennessee Williams Theater in Florida. We found that what we both knew, me being a director and him being mainly an actor and corporate spokesman, was very valuable for, for professionals, for executives, because you are performing when you're with a client, when you're on stage, when you're selling, pitching, you are really performing. And so we combined our skills and formed eloquent, which means to speak out. And of course, you know, I have a special talent, not a talent, a desire to work with women who are very experienced and talented, but don't trust it. And so mm. I like to work. I like to start even in high school by giving young women the tools they need to speak out and be successful and find their voice. That uh, that was an interesting line that you actually have on the back cover of Out Front. It says, your voice is your power, now make it heard. Right. I mean, how poignant, for sure. Yeah, I get chills because I can't tell you how many women have said, I'm better behind the scenes. I'm an introvert. I don't like to talk about myself. I've heard it all. And the truth is, women can make a huge difference when they speak out and support other women. And what most of us need, because I had, Christina, terrible anxiety. I was a behind the scenes director. I would never put myself out there. I know. And then I realized now you can send me in anywhere. Now shut me up. That's the hardest part. <laughs> but when women have structure, tools, and safety nets, we can do anything. And so yeah. that's why a lot of out front is about tools and stuff. I will structure. say the training came at a good time because I have uh, often in my career been. I, I've certainly never had the reputation of being a wallflower. I am not an introvert, uh -huh. but uh, most of what most of what I've done in my career has been behind the scenes. And so this time it was really fun to do both behind the scenes as well as being out wait, front. So wait, wait, wait. Did you say it was fun? It was so much fun. It was I'll be really so, so much fun. So you know 90% of the population has speaker anxiety. And our line is, and the other 10% are lying. So... <laughs> But it's true when you feel like you have something to offer and it's not about you and it's not about you being judged, you can get out there because you are giving people something of value. And it's so cool when you see people off their phones and nodding or they come up to you and say, how did you do that? Or I want a meeting because I think you're amazing. It's all about your ability to speak. For sure. I think that's what, for me, at the at my conference, it made it easy and fun because the content I was delivering was to try and help grow others' businesses. And that really drives me in my career. Right. I want to help people grow their business. And so what, I mean, it, I felt lucky and excited uh -huh. to share that, you know, and I had the tools to be able to do that. And I think for so much of our network and for commercial real estate professionals, they're, they're, what drives them to me, what I find the most one of the more interesting things about commercial real estate professionals is that their problem solving yes. ability is so high because the transactions tend to be so complex. 
And so I know what drives so many of the professionals is the ability to problem solve and really listen and be with their clients. So I just hope that if anybody's listening to this, that they really try to hone their communication style and skills yes. so that they can communicate what drives them. Cause I know that that's at the core of what drives them to be great. You're spot on. People don't like to be told what to do or a takeaway or anything that is not their decision. So what we like to do instead is when you share your experience or anyone shares their own experience, we listen to that and go, oh, I can use that. Oh, that applies to me too. And that's so much different because women don't like to tell, well, <laughs> except when we're married. And I then I tell my husband what to do. Yeah, let's be honest. But in a business setting, what I like to do is listen, feedback, and see if the modules that we train will be relevant for someone else, meaning how to open, close, engage an audience, tell a good story, structure a presentation, save time, be persuasive, not educational. Even when you're told it's your job to educate a group, a team, even there, you have to grab their attention and be persuasive and package information in manageable bites. How do you um, recommend some of our professionals that are listening are probably thinking, it sounds like a wonderful way to build a relationship to storytell, but I don't know that I have time in my meeting because everybody's kind of, you know, rushing the clock. How do we deal yes. with, with the short timelines, trying to get so much accomplished in a day in a, the busy, you know, work-life schedule to then also weave in storytelling? That's actually a multi-answer question. <laughs> uh, first thing, Every story needs a message. So if you're talking to a potential client and saying, you know, our team is what really, the message is our team sets us apart because we have a tax person, we have a this person, we have a that person. You need to learn to tell a story briefly mm. because one of the reasons people say, no, there's no time for a story is people tell long shaggy dog stories. Life's too short. I don't have that much time either. Then if you can do a story in a brief period of time, under two minutes, that has a targeted message to what I want to know about, you're golden. And we generalize, Christina, the way you tell a story is the way you do business. So it has to be clear, direct, targeted, and brief enough so that then there's questions back and forth. What's interesting about our story template is act one is an obstacle or challenge, which always hooks an audience. If you don't start with an obstacle or challenge, you'll never hook me. Mm. But we decide to do business with you based on act two, which is the solution. Three things you did to solve the client. Another tip is that your verbs are what we pay attention to. So don't use ver weak verbs like help, assist, worked with. Use stronger verbs like negotiate, or interview, or leveraged contacts. And that's why at our workshop, and if anybody listening contacts me, I'll give you 500 active verbs. So you don't have to use weaker verbs because we all wanna gain more business, the right kind of business. So that's why it's a longer answer, but short stories work well and are memorable. Longer stories irritate the heck out of us. That's true. Um, 
I will say what's interesting, what was interesting for me to learn through the LFP training was about practicing. And yes. so I used to think I need to develop the skill and then I got it from there. And I never really, I mean, I understood rehearsing or whatever, but um, practicing really helped give you that short story that's not yes. 20 minutes long or yes. to really stay on on point on your topic. Exactly. There are um, leader CEOs of companies who go, oh, I can wing it when they he or she gets up to speak. Never wing it. The trick about rehearsal and what I learned from the entertainment industry, when they have to do six shows a week with exactly the same script, which would drive me crazy. I'm not that good <laughs> at memorizer either. And, and so when you speak, work off an outline, and then the way to rehearse it, one, do a stumble through, meaning before your actual presentation, walk yourself through it, mark what you're going to say, but never do it the same way exactly twice, or it starts to get memorized and canned. Other thing to do when you rehearse, and always rehearse out loud, is to walk yourself through it, change up the wording slightly, copy and paste certain sections and go, oh, I may like that better. So that you know where you're going. It's like having a GPS in your car. You can choose to make a stop at, at a store if you want to, but you need to stay on track and focused and rehearsal techniques are essential. And the best speakers, it sounds like they're in the moment communicating with you but they rehearsed the heck out of it. That is something that I definitely learned. I tried, I will, I will admit, I record myself on my iPhone really? as awkward as it feels and then rewatch it. And I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. But I stumble through on my, on my, I videotape myself just to That's check. perfect. Christina, whether you do it in the mirror, whether you do it to another person, whether you record it, that's a very, that's a terrific way to rehearse. The trick for you is don't do it the same way twice. Yeah. Do it as a stumble through because we can hear in the cadence of someone's voice if they've memorized it. And no one likes to hear a memorized talk because that, then it can't be directed at me. Yeah, it's inauthentic then. It becomes, right. Something it, authentic can sound inauthentic. That's exactly right. How do you then practice or how do you how do you recommend someone practice for more of that one on one pitch as opposed to like a stage presentation that feels less intuitive to me? That's a great question. Number one, you have an intention. So let's say your intention, which you don't say out loud, but it guides you is to qualify to see if the fits right. Then what you come up with are three talking points that you know the fit will be right if they match these three points. I don't know if it's geographic. I don't know if it's the money they have. I don't know if it's their time frame. That's up to you. But go in loaded with three points that you will cover to make sure the fit's right. And, and how, then, would you, how would you practice that? Would you just, same thing, record yourself asking questions? Or like, would you, okay. would you go with a buddy? <laughs> Form an acronym of those three points. So, you know, so let's say it's I'm going to talk about negotiation and assessing their needs and what our process is like. That forms NAP, N-A-P. So you can remember those points and you can dig deeper. And that's the second thing, Christina. Don't ask general questions. 
ask specific questions so you really get a sense of if the client is right for you or not. Okay. And that, of course, then as you're digging deep, produces more of a relationship building moment anyway. Exactly. The number one client complaint is not feeling heard. But if you ask specific questions and as opposed to, oh, Deborah, that happened to me, too. Let me tell you my story. <laughs> you are there to assess if the relationship is going to work. So your job is to dig deeper with that potential client. And if you have some advice to give to them, but they're not ready to hear it, you can tell that. At mm -hmm. that point, you go, Deborah, you remind me of another client who had some of the same issues that you do. Then tell your story, tell your brief story, and I will go, Christina, that's pretty close, but our situation is a little different. You are now in a great conversation back and forth. You've told a story. You have established your credibility, and you're not working off the extensive structure of giving a presentation on stage where it's not interactive. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, that's a great tool to use to to weave in a story, but also really, I mean, it shows you're listening and you're comparing to previous experience. Like, and and that just sounds, dare I say, it sounds like it could be easy to do if we practice. <laughs> it is. It is. So you need three to four, maybe three to five stories in your back pocket, each one with a different message. Like maybe some of your favorite transactions you saw to fruition, you know, just have them in the back of your head. You have to. That's a great. Yeah. And each one of the transitions had a different stumbling point, a different sure. message, something that you know well and that you want more of. Years ago, we were considered speaker coaches because companies like Amgen, Mattel would hire us at the very last minute to come in and hear their presenters, the full presentation, not just stories. Well, we couldn't make a difference. People had spent all this time mm -hmm. constructing their presentation. The day or two before, they didn't want to change it. Sure. So we had to change the stories we told about putting out brush fires and being speaker coaches because we didn't want that work anymore. We yeah. wanted training where we could make a difference with enough time with people like you so that when you were ready to go, you had the full toolkit. That's great. And I hope that I hope that our listeners hear that in this conversation. It's certainly not to practice and developing communication skills is not to say it's to make you sound like someone you're not. It's to bring out the best versions of yourself to connect you yes. to the appropriate people. Like that's the goal. It is exactly the goal. There's nothing I can add to that because <laughs> I just wish that more people understood that so I wouldn't be so bored when I'm at conferences. <laughs> Well, I hope that our conference was I, I heard that our conference was not boring. So I think that yeah. we think that we tried to execute that. Plus, you know, uh, I know, you know, David Marine, David Marine, Lindsay Lesansky, such a great yes. storyteller. He's so Dan great. Spiegel. They've Dan, all done so training great. because they're very experienced. Yeah, they realized they didn't become great at real estate and team building overnight. They knew they couldn't become great at communication and presentation skills overnight. So they put the effort into it. And yes, just like anything, right? Just, just like, like everything it. that you want to be good at. I feel like you gave so many wonderful nuggets away in this conversation, but I think that you also 
I imagine are going to have people really wanting to know how to reach out to you or David. And so how, what is the best way for somebody to reach out and start exploring trainings? Is it only a two day training? What, like, how do we, how, no, how does most, somebody interact with you guys? Thank you. Most of our work is going into companies and training within companies. Northern yeah. Trust, Caldwell Banker, Ashner Health and Medical. Uh, in the past, it was Mattel, Fisher Price, TD Ameritrade, and professional service firms. Because now, whether you're a lawyer or CPA, insurance or financial professional, you have to pitch for business. So yeah. we love going in and witch witching and working with pitch teams. So we have two websites, eloquy, E-L-O-Q-U-I dot biz, B-I-Z. You can reach us there. Also sign up for our weekly speaker tip. Or if you're a woman and you want more tips for how to be effective, outfront.biz. And I'm sure when people ask you, you have our full contact info. I would Absolutely. love to talk to anyone who's listened to this and maybe they have their own questions or anxiety or they come from a foreign country or their first generation and they want to know how they can connect with an audience. Yeah. So that's, please that give them is, our contact info. I will, any any listener that wants the contact, you know, definitely reach out to me. Uh, you can ping me on LinkedIn at Christina C. Ballas and just, uh, I will definitely get you um, in contact with Deb and team. I absolutely treasured my time spent with you um, in New Mexico and the training was great. And I will tell you, you know, for any listener, I, I tend to be a good student. It's just who I am. And I use the tools, the no, you know, the workbooks, I practice, I write notes. Um, but it's all to give me the space to really make an impact in the business that I want to impact. And so I will say that for anybody listening, if you want to take um, your business to the next level, for me, this was such a great experience in really honing my own skills. Thank you so much. Because by being a sponge, by realizing to learn new skills, it's baby steps. And when a lot's riding on it, we all get stressed out and fall back on the way we used to do it, which is why we say, call us to rehearse for no charge, because we want you to incorporate new skills. And like anything, in the beginning, it's harder. But you took it and ran with it like, this isn't hard. This is great. And Maybe so, I'm in the 1% that actually enjoys public speaking. <laughs> yes, I think you are. But the truth is, you received support and encouragement whenever you stood up to speak. And that yes. means everything, which allows us to take it then another step and another step. And that's why we get always a mix of people in these workshops. Because typically, Christina, you give a speech. And then you ask colleagues, how did I do? They'll say, fine. But in this workshop, you'll hear how your message is coming across. I can be the bad guy for a purpose, even yeah. though I'm so supportive of you, because I want you to do well and better each time you speak. That definitely comes across. I, well... I thank you so much for, well, for the training that we had and the constant communication, because I do keep in touch and it's so wonderful, but really to talking to our listeners um, with some really practical tips to help them win more business and hopefully think about their own communication style and skill set to, yes. to really take their business to the next level. 
And let's say you want to do, you want to work more for a nonprofit, raise money. Let's say you want to support your kid's school or the church or temple you go to. These communication and presentation skills are totally transferable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and for any of our listeners that are even on boards that aren't necessarily yes. in their main workspace, same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much. Do you want to leave our listeners with any other nuggets that maybe I didn't uncover? <laughs> I thought you did a great job. Don't give yourself an excuse like I'm an introvert or I've never been great at public speaking or they're much better than I am. Realize that you can make a difference and an impact by putting your full attention on it and get a coach, get a trainer. If it's not us, make it, make sure the fit's right. And then I always say there's no stopping you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. For anybody that loved this conversation, uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our episodes of CRE with CBC Worldwide. Until Yay. next time. Thank you so much. You are very welcome.